For God. For country. For truth. For justice. For the Republic. You're listening to the Powder Monkey Podcast on PirateInfoWars.com. Welcome to the Powder Monkey Podcast. This is episode 40 of the Powder Monkey Podcast. Uh, The episode uh, is entitled The Terrorist Hunter. And so uh, this episode, I have with me again Dave Gobbitz. Um, He was uh, gracious enough to uh, spend about two and a half hours with me, uh, plus uh, on uh, the phone back in February uh, of uh, this year, and so a lot's changed, a lot's transpired. Uh, Dave travels America collecting uh, the first-hand national security intelligence. Uh, His objective is to destroy Islamic-based terror groups, their supporters, Marxist BLM terror groups, and uh, also Antifa, uh, which is a terrorist group. Uh, His goal is to destroy slash neutralize uh, these anti-American groups by using the most powerful weapon in the world, and that's the U.S. Constitution. Um, so uh, in addition to all of that, you know, Dave is the premier authority on the Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, he uh, is the author of Muslim Mafia, Inside the Secret Underworld That's Conspiring to Islamize uh, America, it's uh, unsurpassed in the world of counterterror. He's uh, exposed the largest Muslim conspiracy in U.S. history, uncovering, uh, I believe, over 12,000 documents, uh, over 300 hours of audio and video relating to uh, criminal activity, you know, uh, you know, t- criminal terrorist activity, actually. Uh, he is a U.S. State Department uh, Arabic linguist, retired federal agent uh, US, uh, of the U.S. Air Force Office of Special Investigations. Uh, he, um, you know, has uh, investigated felony crimes against the Air Force. He was the first civilian agent deployed in uh, Nasiriya, Iraq uh, in 2003 during Operation Iraqi Freedom. He spent three decades, um, you know, of service to our country uh, while having uh, top secret SEI, um, you know, counterintelligence, counterterror um, backgrounds. So uh, 
You know, he's covered things like weapons of mass destruction, espionage, uh, black projects. He's run the gambit. And here in America, uh, you know, he's also been to over 400 mosques. Um, I could think of nobody better to, uh, you know, have on the show in light of the recent events uh, that have, uh, you know, transpired than uh, Dave Gobbitz. So, Dave, welcome back aboard the Powder Monkey, sir. Thank you for selling with us today. Well, thank you so much, Sean. It's an honor to be on your show. So, um, like I said, there's there's a lot to unpack. Um before I do, I, I, I know that that is just touching upon some of the things you've done, but, uh, you know, all fair, we talked about, you know, qualifications for, um, you know, this, this specific topic in this conversation. Um, here in West Virginia, um, you know, everybody knows the name Jessica Lynch. Um, you know, I think it's important uh, before we go any further just maybe to you know, to, to point out that you've actually been boots on the ground. You have actually helped, um, you know, get families out of situations. Um, almost, I, I would say almost identical to what we're seeing in Afghanistan. Um, so, you know, first of all, maybe we'll start there. You know, you, like, like we said before, you, your boots on the ground. So maybe just give the listening audience, uh, just a, a smidgen of maybe, what you've done and uh, uh, anything I maybe missed in your in your bio there. Well, thanks, Sean. I mean, you, you covered uh, quite a bit of it. Uh, most appreciative. I actually started, like you said, about three decades ago. I started going to Saudi Arabia in the 1970s, and I ended my government career in late 2003 after going to Iraq. And as you had mentioned, I was the first federal agent to enter Iraq, uh, civilian federal agent, uh, in early 2003. Uh, you mentioned someone who is a, is a hero to me, and again, out of West Virginia, Private Jessica Lynch. To me, she has uh, got as much knowledge and background and went through as much as many generals in our military. Again, she is a hero. Yes. Uh, that She was one of my first missions, actually, when I was still on the border of Iraq and um, Saudi Arabia. I was based in Saudi Arabia before the war started, but we would conduct missions uh, at nighttime in, into Iraq uh, to pick up uh, enemy fighters that were getting closer and closer to our installations. And then, of course... Once Jessica got captured, we were collecting, going into Iraq and collecting um, information uh, about Jessica and her whereabouts. I did have the honor to actually talk with many of the people who actually provided the intelligence to the Marines on where Jessica was at. Of course, she was in Saddam Hospital in Nasiriya, the young lady who, again, is a hero, is a true American hero. She went through so much. I actually got to uh, interview many of the doctors who were providing care to her and many of the Saddam Fedayeen who were trying to end her life. 
I went into the room where they had uh, Jessica at the hospital there at Nasseria, and I had mentioned it before, but in case there's listeners on this time that have not heard this before, Jessica Lynch, as we all know, was captured with several other members of the 507th maintenance group that she was assigned to. And Jessica, while she was in her room at the Saddam Hospital in Nasseria, the Saddam Fedayeen and Al-Qaeda, yes, there were Al-Qaeda at the time in Iraq in 2003, they made Jessica Lynch stand by her window, which was on, I think, the third or fourth floor, and it overlooked a soccer field. And some of the 507th members who had been injured and captured, Jessica had to watch as Saddam Fedayeen and Al-Qaeda actually executed some of her friends right there on the goalpost of a soccer field because that would be humiliating. They wanted the children to run over our, our dead heroes they buried, after they beheaded many of our 507, they buried our troops right in front of the soccer goal so that the children would run over their bodies. That's one of the most disgraceful things within Islam is to run over a body or kick a body with a, a boot or the, or the foot. Mm. And Jessica had to watch this. Jessica was abused. Jessica had several broken bones, and again, I can't say it enough, to me, she was a hero, always will be. Amen. Absolutely. Um, so with that being said, um, you know, I, I know that there, you know, is, is now after our last conversation, I, I, I realized some of the things that, you know, even in, in reflecting and listening, you know, I was referring to radical Muslims and uh, things like that. And I understand now the, the concept of the, the pure Muslim. And so, um, you know, with that being said, um, I would imagine that the theater is very similar right now in Afghanistan, um, uh, but maybe cranked up a thousand times. I mean, just you know, just just from your experience, and even some of the people, um, you know, I specifically want to talk about the people that were left behind, because you know, you I believe you were uh, responsible for non-specific people who who helped uh, Jessica, um, you know, actually get out of country. Um, uh, I believe it was a uh, you had mentioned a, uh, a an Iraqi police officer. And uh, I believe Mohammed Odal A. Rahif, maybe, right. um, and and then his family. Uh, so those people who who help the U.S., um, you know, that have been left behind, and the and the Americans there, and and just that whole mess, you know. Explain to the people how grave, you know their situation is right now. I mean, I don't think anybody but you could maybe crystallize that situation. Well, I can tell you what people who help America go through in the Middle East when they're dealing with Al-Qaeda, ISIS, and the Taliban. And uh, Their life 
is over at that point in their own country. Once it becomes known that someone has helped the American forces, like my friend Hassan, the Iraqi police officer, and his whole family, his wife, who was the doctor of Jessica Lynch, once Saddam Fedayeen found out about these people who and who actually helped her to be uh, rescued, then um, they started getting death threats. Their houses were bombed. There were many people who lost their lives simply because of helping an American, maybe given directions. I watched one little girl, about a seven-year-old girl, when we first came into Nasiriya. There were children who would go to the roofs of buildings and they would start waving at the helicopters, our helicopters. And then we, the next day, we would go to these locations, the top of these buildings, and we would find mutilated bodies of children. The only thing they had done was wave to an American helicopter, but that was enough to have them sentenced to death. Children, young children as young as seven, were executed for waving to a helicopter. So you can only imagine if someone who's worked for five, ten, fifteen years as an interpreter for the Americans, what they would go through. These people are essentially in Afghanistan. They're hostages right now. Many of them are being hunted down. Uh, even this morning, I saw one of the helicopters that was left behind where the Taliban had used it to, to string up, actually, one of the enemies who had helped America, and, and they hung him from the helicopter. They right. took off in the air, and he was, he was hung yeah. by his neck. Uh, sad. That's who Biden is dealing with. Biden has agreed to deal with and recognize the Taliban, which are a terrorist, Islamic, Muslim organization. And, Sean, I like to say that I don't like to get wrapped up too much in all the acronyms uh, because that is the acronyms of Islamic terror groups. Because yeah. that's exactly what they want our law enforcement, our intelligence, and the everyday Americans to do is to start focusing on. I have had so many questions in the last week. What is ISIS-K? Who are they? How are they different? Now, that's the, the is that the low-fat version of ISIS, ISIS-K? The, well, <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't even make a joke, but it's just, it, it, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but it's just, when you hear that, it's, it, it's kind of like, you know, we're in this whole COVID epidemic as well, and it's like this yeah. variant, this spinoff, this, this virus, and all, you know, it just special, you know, special K, I, you know, I, I just, now the, the K though is basically, I'm sorry, is that Kabul? Is that? I okay. can't even think of it right now. Okay. It's one of the provinces okay. that primarily that this ISIS-K group is out of. It's just like if we have our, our states in America, they have provinces, the same thing as a state. Gotcha. And ISIS-K just comes from one of the state's provinces. Now, and, and they are very, very dangerous. Just within the, the last year, These this is the group that went into a maternity ward and started shooting pregnant mothers, nurses, doctors, and even babies 
as they, they lay in their cribs. Right. These are very, very dangerous people. But I don't want people to get focused on all these acronyms because the Taliban, Hamas, Al-Qaeda, uh, Hezbollah, uh, the Haka Network, L.E.T., they are all the same. They are all very, the same very thing. dangerous. Yeah. They do have their differences in between uh, power struggles, but they have a couple common denominators. Is one, they want Islam spread all over the world and under Sharia law. Each one of these groups, and I would throw CARE, the Council on American Islamic Relations, right in there with a mix of them, they all want an Islamic nation caliphate worldwide under Sharia law. They all hate the Jewish people. They all hate America. And something that must be pointed out is that anyone who says that they are Muslim, anyone, is what they're essentially saying is that they support everything that their prophet Muhammad ever did. You cannot be a Muslim and disagree with even one small aspect of anything Muhammad did. When Muhammad married Aisha when she was six and raped her when she was nine, but he had sexually abused her from the time she was six, seven, and eight, they, you will never, ever find one Muslim who will say that Prophet Muhammad was wrong. This may be too early in our conversation, but since it's on my mind, I don't want to forget it. I always ask people this, but I ask that I get maybe 30 seconds to explain it. When I go before groups to give a presentation, I just went to one, and I had a couple hundred people there, and I'm going to one next week with a couple hundred people. The first question I ask, and I want to raise a hands, I say, are there any good Muslims in the world? Now, this is where you got all of the left-wingers who are going to you know, try to, to label me as a hater and a bigot. And the simple answer is, no, there are no good Muslims in the world. Not one good Muslim in the world. Now, let me clarify that, Sean, before people start screaming at you. <laughs> who do you have on your show here? <laughs> I will explain that. Go for it. In order to be a Muslim, you have to adhere to Sharia law 100%. Not 99%, not 94%, 100%. You have to believe in the killing of Jews and Christians anywhere in the world, any place, at any time. You have to advocate for child marriages for girls as young as five and six years old. You must because Muhammad did. And mm. if Muhammad did, then it's for the whole world. He is the most moral character of a person that all should strive to be, is what Muslims believe. So in itself, Sean, Islam does not allow for a person to be good. You could ask me, say, Dave, do you believe in child marriages? And, and do you believe in killing Jews? And if I were to say yes, 
could I be a good person? No. No, of course not. I could not be a good person. Anyone who wants to harm an innocent child is not a good person. Now, what we have throughout the world is a couple billion people who identify with Islam, and I think you and I have discussed this some, but there are a couple billion people who identify with Islam. The good thing is, is that the majority of those people have broke away from Sharia law. They do not want uh, child marriages. They do not want slavery and like the Taliban is going to go in and take underage sex slaves as wives and, and oh, yeah. concubines. They're going to do it. Most of them do not want that. But these people are not Muslim. In accord, not accordance with Sean or with Dave Gobbins, but in accordance with Islamic law and Prophet Muhammad, the Hadith, the Sunnah, these people are apostates of Islam because they have rejected certain aspects of Sharia law. If a Muslim says, I don't want uh, 50-year-old men marrying five-year-old girls, that is a good person, but that is not a Muslim. And, you know, not to cut you off there, but but uh, you would, you know, just, you know, for anybody who's listening to this and may be of the, uh, you know, left persuasion, you know, it just was in the news the other day where, um, you know, these terrorist organizations over there in Afghanistan now are, are going to the imams and saying, we want a list of all your women between, I believe it was 12 and 45. And they're going to take these women and just like you said, they're going to take them off and they're going to, you know, basically, you know, service the, the you know, the, the, the Taliban there, basically. And well, that- that's true. I mean, I've heard that report come from multiple sources. And on top of that, they said they wanted women between 12 and 45. That is primary to take as sex slaves, domestic workers, right. uh, to, to use them. Now, what they want before that, they want children between 6 and 12 to take as wives so that they can follow in the footsteps of Prophet Muhammad right? because he took Aisha when she was six years old and to be of the same character then they try to copy Muhammad. So they are looking for children as young as five and six to take as wives. I've, I've heard even as well that there's, the way they think is that it's okay to, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is just, you know, things I've heard, you know, in, in listening to different podcasts and, and whatnot, but I've heard that they, uh, the males, you know, obviously, they look upon raping little boys as completely acceptable but you know, I mean, is that do they is that something that they do, and then and then they you know the the way they do with their women as well, you know, you just covered. But you know, it's it's not just the women, as I understand it. They have a some kind of weird thing with the the male children as well. Am I is that misinformation or is that? No, that's exactly true because they do not consider themselves. A man does not consider himself to be homosexual. If he has sex with a with a small boy, wow! Saudi Arabia, 
and they don't consider that they've went outside the marriage when they have sex with a boy. That is very common in Afghanistan, Pakistan, uh, Saudi Arabia. This, it's not out of the norm. To abuse children is the norm within Islam. Sad. Now, Sean, I told you that I've been to over 400 mosques all across the U.S. Yes. I seldom use the Quran as any of my evidence. I don't use something from 1,400 years ago. I use materials that Saudi Arabia, Iran, and Pakistan and other countries are putting into these mosques in America, and they all talk about uh, the legality of uh, uh, halal being lawful of having sex with young boys and having sex with young girls as young as five and six, and who that they can marry, because wow. Prophet Muhammad advocated that. Now, now, on top of all these things, as dangerous as the picture you're painting for our listeners right now, yeah. these people are, I just want to point out that they became, what, the eighth most well-armed army in the world now? <laughs> Did they, is, is, is that, am I correct? In, I mean, as far as what they have, they're, they're pretty much loaded for bear. I mean, I, if, if you were trying to... I can't think of a way if you were trying to help them any more um, to, you know, I mean, all the Black Hawk helicopters, all the armor, all the all the crate fresh uh, rifles. Um, I mean, my God. And uh-huh. kill lists. And, um, you know, I. Yes, sir. And that's something that we talked, you know, I, I, I tried to touch up on a little bit last time. Um, you know, biometrics, even I would assume back when when you were in, in, in theater and, and, and doing yeah. what you were doing, that was that was happening as well. You know, we were you were maybe, I guess, domain mapping. And we'll probably get into that a little bit more. But but, you know, all of these things they have and um now who's moving in? I mean, China, Russia, what do they do with biometrics? How, how quick is it to find these people, you know, in everyday life when you walk out, you know, into the sunlight? You know, I, I don't, it's just, it blows my mind what they have done in less than a, you know, just a week's time. It, it really went bad. And I, I, I can't sit here and say that, it's all an accident. I, I can't. I can't sit here and and honestly, you know, admit that to myself. I, it couldn't look to me more well scripted and and just played out, planned out. Uh, you know, but maybe again, and we'll touch on this later. But maybe that makes me a a, a domestic terrorist for thinking that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I think anyone who is a patriot is a considered a domestic terrorist anymore, although we are the ones who want the best for this country, we want the best for our children, and we want the best for the world, and we are the most helpful. We would give the shirts off our back to help someone in need, but we, again, are are looked at as the domestic terrorist, and everything that's happened in Afghanistan I mean, I like to, uh, to 
jokingly sometimes say that Biden is the most stupid, ignorant, yellow person that I, uh, I've ever known in my whole life. But Biden and his team know exactly what they are doing. They knew exactly that it was going to be a disaster. They have done everything to humble America. That's what they wanted to do. They no longer want America to be looked at as the most powerful, the, the best nation on the world. They want America to be humbled. I mean, that is the socialist slash Marxist slash communist agenda. It has to, to humble yeah. this country. And sadly, there's up to 50% of Americans, and this is worse than anything, who have already bought into this idea that America, America is a terrible nation and it needs to be destroyed and start over again. Yeah. What, um, to go back to Afghanistan, before we get on to the d domestic side of it, um, as somebody, you know, who has, you know, had family at places like Buring and what what does that do for the safety and security of any other American um, outposts, you know, bases, uh, you know, anything in that area? I mean, what what the, I mean, well, I mean, we know how destabilized it is, but I mean, specifically for any interests in that area, what does that do for I mean, it, I, I would imagine it'd be like kicking a bee's nest and then throwing it on them. Um, this analogy, the way that the world terrorist networks looks at this right now. If you've got someone, a burglar, who's going to go rob a home, they, are, they don't want to get caught necessarily. So they will go to a home that is less guarded, where they look like the people inside will be submissive, they won't fight, unlikely to have weapons, unlikely to have a dog. That is who they target when they go in a neighborhood. They don't want, they won't go into a house that's got 40 armed guards and 20 German shepherds sitting out there. That's the way the world now, the bad guys look at America. We have Biden, who is a poodle or chihuahua, guarding the world, and they are not afraid of him. They are not afraid of any consequence that uh, Biden may come up with. He said he killed two of the planners in uh, Iraq. At first he said there was no ISIS in Iraq. All of a sudden now he can track down planners <coughs> right. you know, in, in Iraq. Um, the, the man is, is clueless. The world is looking at him as weak. The entire administration is weak. And our military, although our military troops are not weak, they are strong, they are brave, and I think every American supports our troops, except for Antifa. Uh, you know, they, they do support our troops, but when you have weak military leaders, such as the Joint Chiefs of Staff and, and the President and yeah. Harris, who <laughs> is talking about Christmas toys, going out and getting them early right. before it's too late... Uh, uh, they are not afraid of them. They are not afraid to commit uh, some type of attack, again, either overseas or inside of America. And, Sean, I can guarantee you, I guarantee you, 
we are going to see more and more lone wolf type of attacks inside of America. And for some listeners who are really not sure what a lone wolf attack is, it's essentially this. It's where someone, an Islamic-minded person, a Muslim, who goes to, to a mosque, but they don't want to get their mosque uh, affiliated with whatever type of attack. So they go out supposedly on their own as a single sleeper, a lone wolf. They commit whatever type of attack it may be, like in Boston or uh, Fort Hood type mm-hmm. of attack. And then they distance themselves, and all of the Muslim community distance themselves. All of the imams start screaming, we denounce terrorism, we denounce what he did, and we had nothing to do with that. There is no such thing as a lone wolf attack. All of these people who commit these acts are well-versed on how the mosque operates. They study very, very hard at their mosque. They read all the materials. And I'm not talking about the Quran. They read all the materials on Sharia law, and they go out and commit an act. Now, something that I've said in the past, I, when I go to the 400-plus mosques that I go to, one of the questions I always like to ask the Islamic leaders, the imams, is I will ask them, Sean, I say, what is going to be the next type of attack in America and, oh, we're going to see another 9-11 type of attack. And over and over again, they would tell me, they say, right now, when you're not going to see another 9-11 type of attack because it would set us back 25 years. They say that they're winning in America right now, and they are satisfied with the lone wolf type of attacks because they can just brush them off and instead of uh, when there's a lone wolf attack, instead of the police coming into the neighborhoods of the Jewish people trying to protect them or Christians who have been killed by Muslims all over the world, the first thing they do, the police, is go to the mosque and start providing extra protection for them yeah. to the same people who just committed a terrorist attack and or who advocated for that terrorist attack. And everyone else sacrifices liberty for security. Um, I was uh, I was on the Mancal show. I got lucky enough to call in one time, and uh, it was 2007, I believe. And uh, you know, we we talked about 9/11 a little bit. I was actually calling in. I just found out about Alex Jones. I listened to Mancal all the time. You know, just uh, I did private security, and uh, so. Uh, you know, I listened to a lot of talk radio, and, and so I called in, got in, asked Man Cow, and we, we had a good conversation. But my, my closing statement, um, you know, was I am less free now than I was, you know, September 10th, 2001. And, you know, and, and we have sacrificed security for, uh, or I mean, liberty for security um, to the point now where, you know, we are about to be, you know, strapped with ankle bracelets just so we can go to our local grocery store. And, it, it, I mean, you know, I, I thought of you, though, um, you know, just, just talking about terror. Um, I thought of you, there were several, there were several interesting tidbits through August that kind of just dropped, um, you know, 
And before I do, before I talk about those tidbits real quick and maybe get your comment on that, I want to circle back to um, a Wahhabist that uh, had mentioned that, uh, you know, he, he had uh, he had gone on TV and he had mentioned that there was an unholy alliance forming and that they were moving in laser like fashion, you know, to, you know, to find these insurgency movements. Um, and he happened to have been John Brennan. So, um, you know, that was what kind of kicked it off for me that my, my spider sense, if, if I had it would have been tingling at that point. But over, over the, you know, August, you know, the first thing that hit, um, on the 13th was the, uh, Department of Homeland Security talking, uh, you know, they, they came out with a terrorism advisory, um, you know, that there was a heightened threat, uh, you know, and, and that the threats, you know, it, it wasn't lone wolf attackers like you mentioned. It wasn't people who had declared war on America, you know, in every way that they can. Um, it's the people who think that the election was rigged, the election that I covered, <laughs> live, uh, you know, and literally watch them shut down voting, you know, facilities and cover windows. I'm not even going to go there, but people who question the election, question COVID vaccines, and, uh, you know, also religious holidays. Now, I'm assuming we're coming up in, into September. I'm assuming that they're also referring to the Muslim holidays and they just want to, you know, they know if they just mention things like Christmas, that, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I just, it blows my mind. That was the 13th. And then on the 18th, there's a cybersecurity firm that, uh, you know, they, uh, they find a list of uh, leaked terror watch, uh, I guess from uh, a terrorist screening center Hosted by a foreign IP address, by the way, so who knows how many kill lists are floating out there, but, um, you know, that, you know, that was leaked, no fly lists, um, you know, you know, just 1.9 million Americans on this, um, and then on the 22nd, um, Fox News, I think they, um, I think it was Ducey, I'm not really sure, but uh, there was a, a reporter that asked the, the famous question about, you know, what did Biden feel about the American public, um, you know, saying that they didn't feel he was competent, an overwhelming majority of them. And he kind of laughed. And everybody focused in on the laugh and his fumbling and his bumbling. But nobody talked about two minutes into that clip where he makes the comment that, Terrorism has metastasized and that basically that our troops need to be focusing on threats much closer to America, I believe is how we put it. Um, Al-Qaeda-like operations. Now, am, am I just, I mean, is this just the conspiracy theorist in me? Um, or is is there something, is there smoke and fire here, or, I mean, what do you think about it, Dave? Well, uh, where I was going with my my last comment about when the imam said there's no reason, they used to tell me there's no reason to mm -hmm. commit uh, such an attack in America right now because it would set them back 25 years. 
Well, right now, all of that has changed. It's flipped 180 degrees. There is a reason now to commit another 9-11 type of attack in America, and that is to, right now, they've already defeated, humbled uh, our weak leader, Biden. Mm -hmm. Now they need to humble the American patriots. Yes. And to do that would be multiple type 9-11 type of attacks where not only the politicians are humbled and are afraid and terrorized, but the everyday Americans, even many patriots, uh, because of their families. Most patriots uh, are willing to sacrifice themselves, but it's very difficult to do that with your son and daughter and your wife and family. Mm. And the, so what... The Taliban and Al-Qaeda and all the other groups who are all just one big Islamic Muslim terrorist group, they feel right now from the word that I'm getting, it is it's time to put American patriots in their place, to put terror in them, terror for their families. And I don't think it's going to be just one 9-11 type of attack like in New York and the Pentagon and Pennsylvania. I think it's going to be multi-state. It's going to be huge, something that we are not prepared for. Our government definitely is not prepared for multiple 9-11s across this country. Well, and I don't think there's going to be a lot of them. I think it's going to happen with a short period of time just to put people into the mode of being afraid. Will it come in the form of them doing it to make the American patriot look like the the you know the the say if it's a bomb you know set up an american sort of a false flag to to make the american patriot look like uh you know it's it's an insurrection or is it uh do you think they'll take credit for it like they normally do i mean i i think that they would take credit because what the who they are targeting the only thing we left have left in america are American patriots who would be willing to give their life for this country. So that's who they need to neutralize, is the American patriot, where they see that it's useless, it's a useless fight, they have, there's not enough, we don't have the capability, is what they're going to try to push across. And um, it's too humble, even the uh, retired veterans, or just veterans who served a few years, uh, any uh, patriot who loves this country, it's really going to be to humble them. It's like it's useless. There's nothing you can do. And on top of it, they're going to have China and Russia backing them. Well, and, and to speak, uh, to talk about China, just to back up and, and something that was, again, a blip on, uh, you know, the news radar and then it uh-huh. just disappeared. I don't know if you caught it. <coughs> Excuse me. Back in December of 20, <clears throat> as a matter of fact, I, I must have heard it because it just popped into my mind again. Then I went back to, to make sure that I kind of had it right. But um, And I've talked about it over the past couple episodes here, but it just blows my mind that we have this entire rollout, you know, of, of uh, you know, the, the COVID um, technocracy, the tracking, the, you know, the, the mapping, the IP or the, uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, not IP, but, uh, not IP tracking, but the, um, uh, the COVID, you know, uh, what's the, what the, uh, the trackers, yeah, the database 
Well, I mean, it's and it is just it is in it's insane that, you know, we have all of this going on. But in Pfizer now here in West Virginia, uh, specifically, we were devastated by the opioid epidemic. I'm sure you know that. There was a list that leaked in December of 20 uh, by the Australian. If anybody wants to go look it up, just duck, duck, go. The Australian, December of 2020, 2 million CCP loyalists were leaked online who've sworn, you know, uh, you know, allegiance to the CCP. Uh, there were 50, I believe, two on, on the board of Pfizer, 64 on AstraZeneca, uh, I believe hundreds in Boeing, um, and I would hope not in things like Skunk Works, but, you know, so I I just wonder, you know, again, this seems like a perfect storm. You know, we have, you know, we see where the rest of the world's going. Pastors are being locked up in Canada and, and arrested, you know, in the middle of the street on their knees. Um yeah. Uh, you know, my son, I mean, you talked about families, uh, Dave, you know, how people don't want to, but, but, you know, I, my children are, are, you know, grown pretty much, but I'm watching my youngest son with college, uh, you know, essentially face the mark of the beast scenario where if he doesn't take a vaccine, then, you know, is he going to be able to, to, you know, get the few remaining credits he needs to graduate, um, you know, all this. And I said, you know, this is your this you, this is the biggest test you're going to take at that university. Um, you know, and it's it's WVU, and it it breaks my heart that you know that uh, we say the words Montani Semper Libri, but but very few of us have the conviction, you know, uh, courage of our convictions to live it, um, and it's sad, you know. Um, it, it is sad, and something that people need to look at real close because they're trying to the sweep it by is, is you know they're coming up with legislation that if you're on the no-fly list then you also are not going to be authorized to to buy firearms oh yeah it's already happened no already happened yeah already happening and who do you think that they're starting to put on no-fly list it's the people who refuse to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. 1.9 uh, million uh, uh, others as well. But, you yeah, know, it, and... exactly. There's, it's getting way, way out of hand. They, we talk about this country going under, but it's going to go under from within. And when I say within, right now we have several hundred thousand Muslim sleepers operating inside America. Mm. We have 3,500 mosques in America and thousands of sleeper cells. Yeah. There are 35, approximately, that I've, I've counted, 35 primarily Afghanistan mosques set up in America. And when I talk about the good people, the refugees who in their hearts came over, they want to assimilate, as soon as these people get to bases like in Texas that they are now, and New Mexico, Virginia, and different locations, in order for these people to fit into the communities, in order for them to get into schools, and for them to get the support from the Muslim community, 
where is the first place these good people who are really apostates, where do they have to go? You have to go to your local mosque mm-hmm. in, in order to get jobs. They got to go to the local mosque. And who are teaching at these local mosques? You got the Taliban that are teaching at the local mosque. I know because I found the same exact materials that the Taliban are using. I find them in these Afghan mosques in Detroit, Florida, California, and and it's only going to get worse. So. You, you may get 100,000 people, refugees in America, and 99,000 wanted just a good life like they had in Afghanistan. But once they get brought to a country like the U.S., the only way to fit in is to start going to a Taliban-type mosque. It's sort of like an indentured servant. They, um, they yeah. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're stuck. The... Uh, Tell me this, um, you know, we've talked about, uh, especially last show, and you kind of mentioned it as well. I mean, they it's 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 the same soup. They just call it different things. You, it's the same soup. You can just pick different letters out in your spoon, if that, you know, just to make a reference to alphabet soup. But, you know, the when we talk about, you know, these people being here and, and coming here, you know, you and I off air, we, we talked about how, you know, they just, they come in, they're, they're even on military bases. Our, our troops are not allowed to look at them, photograph them. The women can't be by themselves in the areas where, you know, it, it's just insane that, that our military are living under these, these, uh, conditions, but then they just walk off. They can just stroll off into the desert. You told me some harrowing things off, off, uh, you know, offline, or you know, outside of this uh, before we started. But it just, um, again, though, we have got the perfect storm here. Uh, you know, China has has done what they've done, and I don't believe it's all China. Um, but you know. I think what's happening, and you had mentioned guns and everything like that, they they can't take America until they take America's teeth. Until they pull our teeth, you know, yeah. it's it's going to be a, a you know uphill battle. So you had mentioned the, some of the things, but if you remember Obama talking about a, a civilian force, just as powerful as the military, and blah, blah, blah. And how many times, you know... People like the Muslim Brotherhood had visited um, the White House while he was in office. And, heck, I haven't checked the logs or anything, but I'm, I'm sure maybe they're, they're on the guest list now. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I, I, well, I guess what I'm getting at is some of these contact tracers, that's what I was thinking of earlier. Some of these contact tracers under the guise of these, you know, because here's how it works. You know, they come in, we've talked about how, you know, they, they're around the mosques. The mosques are associated with these interfaith, you know, communities. These interfaith communities are always the left, liberal, uh, radical. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I guess I should call them pure, lib- not pure liberals, because it's a lot to call them liberals, really. I feel, I feel like I'm, you know... Yeah, well, I mean, liberal, you know, the, the classic liberal is not what these people are. But, um, but you know, just to, to get to the point is, 
I have a feeling that in some, you know, where Australia goes, where, you know, Britain goes, I mean, America can easily slide there. You know, the WHO is coming up with their own rules funded by, you know, it was released today. Uh, the Infowars talked about a little bit, uh, WHO. Their, you know, their, their, the rules they've set up for, you know, this whole COVID rollout, COVID tracking, funded by Bill Gates and the Rockefeller Foundation, um, you know, and it, it just all seems to me like what, what may happen to humble and shame the American, the American uh, patriot, is come to their door and literally say, you, you know. To for your safety and security, we're going to drag you out to this. I don't know if you've heard about the shielding and all of these things that they're talking about, these camps. Um, Some of the, the, you know, my last interview, I mean, some of the some of the good old boys, they're not real keen on that. And, uh, you know, I just I wonder if that maybe might not be um, a way to do it. Um, before they, before it ends up them running through the streets and, you know, it, it just divulges into something like you see in, in Europe or, you know, at one of these no-go zones and that's just com- been completely taken over. I just... Yeah, it, it's going to be a, a slower process. They're not all of a sudden going to implement the severe lockdowns like you have in Australia because they still want to give the people hope. If you... St- if you just follow along, everything's going to be okay. But these FEMA camps are already set up all across America. They first have to disarm the American patriots. And they're, as we've seen with the COVID exercise, most uh, Americans, both from the left and the right, will comply to a certain extent. And, if, and we found out that our law enforcement and... Sadly, our military, for the most part, if they're given orders to come to your house, my house, whosoever house it may be, and to go in and take their guns, they're going to do it because these individuals look out for number one first. What do you think about, I, I'm, I don't mean to cut you off no, there, but no. while, I'm, while I'm thinking, and I'm sure maybe uh, as much time as you've spent, I'm, I'm sure you know the name General Honoré. Yeah. Um, I mean... If we look at Hurricane Katrina, he was in charge of that. And now what is he, you know, I mean, the power that that he has. And, you know, it just, again, I think it is a perfect storm, and I don't think it's by mistake. (laughs) Well, you know, it's like a chess game, I believe. And... Um, and they stick together. The left stick together. Mm-hmm. The, the right, they will fight. They fight worse than the different Islamic groups do. And, and they seldom stick together. But this whole thing is, is, is planned. It's not just by chance. They are slowly taking their rights away from the American people. You're going to have lockdowns. Uh, you know, gas prices, food, and we have seen, just like in Louisiana and, you know, in the surrounding states, Mississippi, mm-hmm. where up to 2 million people are without power. Yes. That is a tool that the federal government has. If you've got a community who is fighting back for whatever it may be, the vaccinations or 
turning in guns at some point. All they have to do is make life literally hell for the people. We're not used to having power off for six months at a time. I, Most Americans can't live that way. I agree. I, I have, I, and I hope I'm wrong. I, I gotta hope I'm wrong. But, you know, with with us seeing, you know, mentioning Katrina, but with what we're seeing going on right now as, as we speak, you know, all the devastation that, you know, that's that's in some of these, you know, areas. Um, I, uh, I, I think it's very possible that in the coming days and weeks, we may see a situation where they go in. And I don't know if you remember the, the video of the little old lady who they <laughs> were trying to, you know, take out of her home and she didn't want to leave. And they were going to places that were high and dry, taking weapons. And there's National Guardsmen saying, I can't believe this is, you know, this isn't something that we do here. And, you know, it, it just, uh, I have a feeling that we're going to see a repeat of that in the coming days and weeks. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Well, but I, I think we are too. And I do think that VP Harris, Kami Harris, gave a little bit of a hint of what's to come when she started talking about parents need to go out now. If they want to get their children Christmas presents, they better go out now and do it because in a couple months, the delivery systems, the trucking systems, the, the chain is going to be broken. Uh, I think she let something slip that she really didn't mean to let slip. Oh, it is. I, I mean, I'm, I'm in the auto industry, um, Dave. And uh-huh. so, you know, I mean, uh, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, I do this by night, by, I'm a, but I'm a mild-mannered a BDC manager by day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, I mean, it's, we've got 17 cars and, and we're, we're, you know, doing good on inventory, um, you know, as far as new cars and stuff. And, and even pre-owned is just, I mean, it's just an insane, uh, the market is just, I've never seen it like this in decades on the job. I have never seen the market do this and, and just the, the chip shortage. And it, you know, I, I, I was saying the other day, you know, people were, lo- I was in a Taco Bell line and I watched somebody literally lose their mind because they couldn't get nacho fries. <laughs> and so <laughs> when, you know, like you said, when this right on time delivery system breaks down, um, you know, and I'm a toy collector. Sean, yeah. Sean, I'm, I'm losing you. It's just coming in every other word. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Okay. Huh, that's weird. But, well, I mean, but just to touch upon this right on time delivery system and stuff, I watched somebody lose their mind because Taco Bell hadn't gotten their shipment of nacho fries. And so, you know, what's going to happen when you can't go buy milk or cigarettes or alcohol or, um, you know, baby formula, toilet paper? We all know how important toilet paper is. Yeah, and and more importantly, even if you people who have tried to prep some have maybe two, three months of food and water, it's the people who need medicines yes. who are going to suffer. Oh, yeah. You know, and I have to say, you know, just like for myself, uh, for diabetes and insulin, I could have... 10 years of food, but once my insulin runs out, I'm going to be hurting. 
Right. And, and the government knows this. Oh, yeah. They know that there's, there's a reason why that you can only, most for the most part, go to a pharmacy and get 30 days supply. There used to be a time when you could go and get three months, six months supply of your medicine. But the government politicians have taken that away from the doctors now. Now it's 30-day supply, and they have that's just another way of controlling the people. If they can't get their medicine, many will die. Right. You made a you made a, a statement uh, the last episode on on episode 29 when you were on, uh, and and there was a little more to the statement, but the you know the the first part just stuck with me. You said. Only the American public can protect America. Right. And so with somebody in with a law enforcement background, with somebody with intelligence, counterintelligence background, background in terrorism, how does the American patriot fight this war and look like and I know you can't fight a war and, you know, everybody loses, but how do we do it looking like the Shining Knights? How do we, if that makes any sense? Well, Sean, I've always said I'm not a pessimist. I'm not an optimist. I'm a realist. And and I have never said in any lecture or presentation that I've ever gave that we can win. See, that's something... When I, I get pressed with that or someone asks me that, hmm. I have never said that we can win this war inside America now. I think we're about 20 years behind, and I think the best people can do right now is to take care of your families. Prep for your families with enough food, water, medicines, your security tools that you would need and do the best that you can to take care of your individual families. That's going to help some. But I am not sure at this point, unless something drastic changes, that we can win this war, that, uh, that we are not going to lose this beautiful country. Do you, do, do you want to comment on Lieutenant Colonel Scheller? Ended up quitting. Yes. Yeah. Um, Marine. Marine. Yeah. I, I think he was very brave. I wish he is the exact type of soldier troop that we need, but they are weaning those people out really quick. Oh, yeah. If you have any type of disagreement with, uh, if you show anything that you're to the right of any issue, you will be weeded out, especially as a military officer or senior non commissioned officer. You're not going to last in the military. That's only the beginning. Where are our... I think he's a hero. I personally think he's a hero for what he did. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, where are our oversight committees? Where are our... I mean, you know, I just... It... Again, I... And I guess it's, it's as much on my head as anybody. I mean... Uh, I think you're right. I mean, it may not be a war we can win at this point. Uh, I don't, you know, honestly, I mean, just to, you know, I, I know that you've seen a lot of things and I know, you know, that, you know, a, a little bit of background on, on how you believe and whatnot. But uh, 
I, th- I think anyway. But uh, you know, I I don't I don't look to win this. Um, John the Baptist preached his head off. Right. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I I just I just I hope at some point people like you and like me were enough of Paul Revere's that that enough heard. Well, I think now I want to clarify myself that when I get onto the side of discussing Christianity, mm-hmm. which I'm not a Christian scholar, right? But what I do think in the end, in the end, we will win. Mm. Yeah. I'm just talking yeah. about in the near future and possibly just our lifetime, we may not. Yeah. I don't think we could give up. We can't for our children. And if every patriot were to just focus initially on making sure their families are secure, then that goes a long way. What, do you th- if, if you've got your families taken care of, then, um, then you can focus on other things. You can branch out more. Law enforcement military do you do you think there are i mean and i know that returning military has always you know they for years decades now returning military was at the top of the you know the 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 watch lists as well you know they trained them you know they did their their duty and then they came back and and demonized them and and you know um uh, so Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, while while they're still while they're still serving, not 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 after they cut them loose, but um, it, it, I just I, I I know a lot of retired you know police officers. Well, I don't know a whole lot of them, but I, I know retired police officers. I know you know uh, you know just people who uh, they're the silent ones, and so you know I I just. I hope that, uh, you know, I hope that America can, will, not can, will stand up to the technocracy, the, the you know, having, you know, all of this. It's all, uh, they, they went over these levels of submission, and I, actually you touched upon one of those earlier, of, of how this rollout has happened. And I'm not sure that it's not on top of everything else. I mean... The, the Chinese military worked on, you know, the this virus, and yeah. and now we're it, they also developed patents and everything else for the delivery systems of these of these vaccines, right. and they're putting them into our military. I mean, I'm not yeah, a strategist. The military <laughs> is the first ones they experiment on. Oh yeah, but um, I don't know, David. It's it's just a. Uh, it, there, we just live in uh, interesting times, as uh, I think that old Chinese curse went. Um, is there anything that we didn't touch upon that uh, that you um, you know you you think maybe we ought to talk about? Is there anything that uh, that you can say or want to say to the American public? Um, have all the time in the world to do anything that oh i'll start uh, getting a few gallons of water next week but i have been in circumstances like in iraq and other places where i've seen children starve i've seen them die of 
thirst and disease. The last thing Americans want to see is their little boy or their little girl dying of thirst or hunger. So now is the time, not tomorrow, not next week, not next paycheck. Start preparing your family. Take care of your family first, and then patriots will be better able to take their country back when it's time. If you if you're having to worry about your child eating, the last thing you're going to do is leave for two months to go off and fight somewhere. Sure. So take care of your families, and then everything, and and stay stay with God, with your religion, stay strong in that. Don't let your churches close down again. Don't let Amen. Your churches, you know, if they close down when you got a, a disaster, you know, where are they going to be when a larger disaster comes around? They're going to close down again. But I, I really think take care of your family, food, water, medicines, and security tools. And, and once that happens, if you're satisfied at home, then you can go out and start preparing to take care of your country. We can do it. It's going to take a will. Just like Joe Biden said there was no will or they didn't have the, the American military didn't have the capability to go out and rescue all these Americans stranded mm. uh, in Afghanistan. Oh, we got the capability. He just did not have the will to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Dave, uh, You've uh, you mentioned that uh, you're maybe looking at uh, maybe have some up th- some traveling uh, upcoming. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about any of that or you know if you but uh, you've got some projects lined up uh, and it sounds like you're doing uh, you know some speaking engagements. Uh, you're you know you have a blog, um, everything like that. That uh, you know anybody who wants to to know more about Dave, you know, they can go and, and check out his blog. Uh, we are not afraid. Blogspot. Uh, but uh, how uh, you know how, how does how do people get in touch with you and uh, you know how how do they uh, support you in, in your endeavors? touch with me is just my name, Dave Gobbets, and if you get anything close on Google, my name's going to show up, but it's davegobbets at gmail.com, and I am looking at going to some of the uh, Afghan mosques currently, some of the ones I haven't been to for years, to see what has changed, if anything's changed if the Taliban has even more influence inside these mosques. So I'm planning on doing that within the next couple of months. Hmm. So if anyone wants um, to, um, to work with me on that, uh, to give some assistance on that, to get out to some of these Afghan mosques so that I can put out reports and show the people this is where the refugees are going and this is what they're teaching in your mosque in Clearwater, Florida, or Deer, or Detroit, Michigan, or wherever it may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's important because the Afghan mosques are nothing. Are going to be nothing more than additional sleeper cell mosques. Right. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you you have uh, you have, and anybody just just anybody who is interested. I mean, it will open your eyes. And uh, Dave doesn't just go in and you know, report, he will follow us 
a sworn affidavit. He Everything that he talks about, he's willing to testify in court to and has the proof to back it up. So, That's right. And something, if I can mention, Sean, if anyone's interested to see what type of books and manuals that are in American mosques that the Taliban uses, they just have to email me and I will send some of these materials, PDF files of exactly what I found in these mosques. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, and this was a, this was a, a very involved story. I, I suggest people go in and listen to episode 29. It, it's like a, uh, almost, you know, it's, it's almost like a, a, a movie, uh, you know, some of the things that went on and, and how they, you know, the, the, the documents they uncovered, it's, it, it's, uh, it's amazing. And, you know, like I said, uh, we, we really appreciate what you've done, your, your service, um, you know, your, your courage to come on and, and continue the fight and, uh, you know, come on places like, uh, you know, the powder monkey podcast and, uh, and share your Intel with people because, um, you know, what, what does it say? My people perish for lack of knowledge. So that's true. Sean, you're doing an excellent job by getting the word out. And I want to give a Hello to one of my good friends and one of the best patriots in West Virginia, and that is Brenda. And she knows who she is, but uh, she's one of the best. Yes. You've had her on your show before. Yep. Uh, anybody who's interested in her, uh, I mean, it is, uh, you talk to Brenda, you'll see why the, the episode was aptly titled Firestorm. So, uh, so, but, uh, Dave, thank you again for, uh, for coming on. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, hopefully the next time, uh, you're on, we'll be talking about how, Everything went south for the globalists. People woke up. They threw down their masks. They they refused to be, um, you know, slaves in their in their homeland, and uh, see everything that their forefathers bled and and you know sacrificed for, go to uh, a foreign a foreign power. So. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, Dave, we'll, we'll talk a minute after this, but uh, thank you, everybody, for, for listening. And uh, Dave, once again, thanks for coming on the Powder Monkey Podcast. For God, for country, for truth, for justice, for the Republic. You're listening to the Powder Monkey Podcast on PirateInfoWars.com. Our conscience coming, we have no